So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. to feature creep colon built-in microwave semicolon uh not fucking trustworthy mm-hmm. or what was the not not fucking translatable i feel like is is more broad um yeah. we'll see what you know you'll know because you clicked on the podcast and you saw the title um, right but until then we'll see we'll see where we get to um yeah so what the fuck are nfts uh <laughs> so the like obnoxious answer is they're non-fungible tokens which actually doesn't tell you jack shit about what they are yeah um well before yeah. we tell you jack shit what they are let's what <laughs> the fuck is fungible oh um so fungible is basically it's a property of a good or commodity whose individual units are essentially interchangeable um right like as like basically each each unit is indistinguishable from some other things. So like right. gold is fungible, right? Like if you have if you have an ounce of gold, you could basically exchange it for a different ounce of gold and essentially yeah. have the same thing barring purity issues and blah right. blah blah. But, or loaves of bread or Yeah. Uh like you know tennis shoes. Our our US currency is fungible, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. one dollar is equal to another dollar, etc. Um, So non-fungible basically means that any token in the system is not exchangeable for any other token in the system. Yeah. It's... It's a dumb way of saying unique tokens, I guess, or like right. A con- it's say, yeah. So like, it's but it's like saying one of a kind. Yeah. Non fungible is equivalent to saying something is one of a kind. Right. Fungible means it's not one of a kind. It's any any one of the things is as good as any of the other things. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Or so, replaceable with. Or replaceable with. Right. Or exchangeable with. Yeah. So, what the fuck? Like, should we talk about? blockchains a little bit first just yes because people don't know how that works even people who think they know how it works don't know how it works yeah and i want to be i definitely want to say um let's put our email out there at the beginning of this one because we definitely want to invite uh comment and thoughts and if you think that we've got it wrong or you've got some other ideas about how things work or you just want to join in on the rant um right. you can email dana d-a-n-a at fcbm.io she's our executive assistant and she'll field your answer and make sure we get it um in a timely manner so uh, or your question or any comments or whatever you want to have to say to us but email is the best way um so if you're listening to this and the rage is just filling you just channel it into that email and we That's will right. try to digest it and either make corrections or um you know be educated ourselves but uh yeah blockchain so i mean i guess at the heart of it the blockchain is just or a blockchain is this idea of um, a cryptographically secure ledger of transactions, mm-hmm. um, which is to say, what does that mean? It means that uh, it's a history of all all transactions that happen within the blockchain. So um, you're like, okay, well, that's sort of like weirdly like redundant and self-referential. Um, well, then that's all you need to know about blockchain. So we're going to move yep. on and not talk about any of it anymore. Um, but essentially, <laughs> if you agree to be in the like, if you agree to participate in this this idea of a blockchain, um, what you're doing is you're basically 
I think like you can think of it as kind of um, each record has, you know, record number one comes before record number two and record number two as part of its creation is to validate the existence of record number one. And so mm-hmm. it's no longer possible to go back and audit or to modify record number one because then record number two would become, would be like, ah, no, I already val like, I've cryptographically secured the one before it by basically calculating a fingerprint saying that any changes to one will modify record number two. So you'd have to change every single record in the blockchain in mm-hmm. order to, um, in order to, re-edit or to edit in a way that no one would notice like if you wanted to say hey you know i'm going to cook the books now and i'm going to go back to line number four and change it well five six seven eight nine and ten all also have to be changed um and so the idea essentially is that it's also then distributed ledger so um lots of different people are working on it at the same time what right so like a distributed ledger means that like a bunch of different people's computers are all working on the problem of what the ledger is yes and contributing to its existence and so like it's a group project there's not one entity in charge of all of this stuff it's all of the entities are in charge of all of the stuff right exactly and so um and and the idea with that is then it becomes sort of pseudo trustworthy because nobody if everybody is in agreement that we're using this sort of scheme then no one as long as the blockchain is is sort of equitably distributed over the mass of the computing machines or the calculators that everybody mm-hmm. has then um then no one person or no one entity can be like I'm going to modify the blockchain in a way that isn't actually valid um right and so then that way the idea is basically when i want to exchange um like bitcoin it's like if i want to give you a bitcoin because we've like sort of inherently agreed it has some value then Mm -hmm. i can send it to you and make a transaction in the blockchain and that record forever exists as me having given that to you and now you forever are the owner unless of course someone is able to compromise the blockchain um, through various things, like for one thing, one entity having most of the computational power over the blockchain, which means that they can now make some of those edits without other other people noticing, or make them long enough for other people to be tricked into thinking that a transaction happened when it didn't, et cetera, et cetera. So, right. Um, so this kind of works on like a weird, uh, like digital social contract thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in many ways, I don't think it's it's that much different than our existing you know, financial systems. It's like, we've all just kind of agreed to it. Um, I mean, it has, it definitely has some values over that. Cause it's not in theory, no one entity controls the bank, this, this pseudo digital bank. Um, right. and it's sort of just, we're all, we've all like, it levels the playing field, right? It's like, we're all beholden to the, the rules of that. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, Bitcoin or blockchain currency, that's kind of, uh, blockchains in and, of, in and of themselves aren't necessarily a currency. It's just some people have decided to leverage them for currencies like cryptocurrency. Right, which is weird. And I think another way that like the vocabulary around it gets misused, like right. this is one of my complaints with like tech stuff too. It's like, okay, the word currency had a meaning before you just started calling what you're doing a currency, even though what you're doing doesn't fit the the existing description of a currency. Right, right. What you're talking about is digital assets, which are not the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So like a Bitcoin isn't actually currency and it's not a coin. It's a it's a non fungible token that is an asset just like a stock. 
right or some other thing that holds value that isn't money mm-hmm. that you can translate into money if you want to through a process right like you can take your bitcoin assets that are like stocks in the stock market in a sense but in a much way less safe <laughs> operating realm right. and you can take whatever you have in those assets and you can convert those assets into us dollars if you want or other types of currency and withdraw them from like the make-believe digital world and turn them into something that can be used in the real world and some places will let you do that directly like visa is dealing in bitcoin now and like a couple of other places you can like i think some places you can buy vehicles like i think tesla lets you buy tesla cars with bitcoin now wow um but like it's not this is the other thing like everybody who is super into like the meteoric rise of all of these random cryptocurrencies are like oh this is going to replace traditional currencies i'm like well the black market's not going to let that happen right right i mean right off the bat like you can't use these digital assets yeah like bitcoin to shop for illicit substances and you can't like laundering money in Bitcoin would be really weird and hard. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. Um, it's not the, like, it's a weird way. Like one of its things that I think it's downfall for the black market is that, um, in, when it works, the record is like non fungible. You can, like, you can't change the record. You can't obscure it. And so for sure you're going to see, like the the money laundering happens when you exchange that bitcoin to to dollar amounts through a curtain right someone right. like through a fence who's basically like i will be the front end of this where the money comes from me and goes into the mark into the into this new this new medium of exchange and then when it gets pulled out again i'll do that and then i'll promise not to tell anybody who you are right right um you know, because otherwise it's like, it, it, otherwise it's like anything else. Like it's traceable in the sense of like wire transfers and things. Like you know how you how you interact with it, and um, you know the blockchain is kind of floating out on the internet in the sense that it's like a cloud computed. If we're talking about Bitcoin, um, you know it's processed through this like distributed network. And right. so, that exists on the internet, which already has systems in place to trace and keep track of in a very highly granular way, how mm-hmm. how interactions happen, who is involved, where those transactions are happening. Um, right. That's not to say there aren't ways to obscure that. It's just that, that the blockchain isn't the thing that's doing that. It's the, right. It's the antithesis of that. The blockchain is saying, nope, there's a record that will never be modified. Right, and the supposed safety and trust that you can put into it is because everything is there and a bunch of people are always looking at it all at the same time. And so it behooves the entire system where if somebody sees a discrepancy, they point it out, right? right? Yep. Like that's the whole idea here is that like we're going on kind of like we're going on consensus here and it doesn't do anybody any good in the long run not to point out discrepancies. And so that's where the trust and the value in the system comes from it's hard to it's um, impossible to obscure there is zero anonymity zero right Right. you can't be anonymous which is why if if any of the money that so you make a bunch of money in some illicit way right Mm -hmm. like you sell a bunch of drugs or 
I don't know, like stolen cars or whatever. Bank robberies are always the good one. Bank right? robberies. Yeah. We we robbed a train. <laughs> yeah, we robbed a train, right? Yes, that on was horseback. carrying <laughs> on horseback, right? Yeah, Spanish bullion or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have a we found it in a sunken ship. Yeah. And we have all this money. Yeah. But we can't spend it because we'll get caught, and they'll be like, well, "Where did you get?" all this money yeah and we can't prove where we got it because where we got it was illegal and so you need to be able to put that somewhere if you can't use it and so like real estate for example is one way that lots of people launder lots of money or put money into a stored system of value that they got from an illicit or illegitimate way and you convert it into a legitimate pile of money in the form of a house or a property lot or like whatever. Um, but when you do that with these digital currencies, you can't really obscure it. Like the conversion doesn't. The conversion is where is, is a hundred percent where the obscurity has to happen, which means right. that you just have to have some agent who's willing to take on your illicit funds. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like I'll, I'll sell you some of my bit, my, my pretend money that I have. Mm-hmm. If you give me that real gold. Right. And then you can go off and find somebody else to exchange it with for money somewhere else. And I'll sit right. on your real gold. And the more of these transactions that you do in traditional money laundering, yeah. the further away you get from the problem that originated, right? Yes. So like the more you can do financial gymnastics with the money and pass it from hand to hand to hand to hand to hand, the more you're obscuring what in like real estate is called a chain of title, mm-hmm. right? And so like I see a lot of similarities between blockchain nfts and real estate real property chain of title where like you can't sell a house unless it has a legally unless it has a a complete and intact chain of title Mm -hmm. so if you're like somebody who like i've been studying to do real estate closing right Mm -hmm. um just just for money not because i'm really that interested in it but um this is how i ended up noticing some of these similarities. So like if you try to sell a house and there's an incomplete chain of title, you can't sell it. There's like a problem with that, with the property essentially. And um, you have to go back and do all kinds of research to establish a contiguous chain of title. So from the time that this thing existed, came into existence Mm -hmm. to current day, time, date, hour, whatever, there has to be a clear record with no date breaks in it of who owned it and passed it off to who for how much when. And like with NFTs and stuff, there is a what you're talking about is like an intact intact chain of title. And right. blockchain allows there to be an intact chain of title for whatever this thing is that you're passing from person to person, whether it's a currency or an asset or like whatever. Um <clears throat> And like these blockchains, like all of these transactions that happen get put into these blocks and then the blocks are processed by all these computers in the system, right? Am I right. describing yeah. that correctly? Yeah. So there's like, there's all the stuff that's floating around in the digital multiverse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's the records of all of that stuff. And right. those things are all handled in the same domain. And any time that there are changes made to any of those things or transactions happen where some things flow from someone to someone else, that gets logged. And then it takes a little while for those things to get processed, which is why if you're trying to pay for something with these like digital assets, those assets need to be verified before you're allowed to spend them. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And so it takes a minute. Like all these computers that are working on all of these blocks, you have to wait for the block of information to be like there. And then all the computers have to verify it digitally. And once that happens, then you're allowed to like send that digital asset to someone else and they take ownership of it and you get whatever you get for it. Um, if you get anything at all, you can just give them away. Right, right. So, like, the whole issue of, like, anything that you think about in terms of these digital assets, you have to think of in terms of everyone knowing about it all of the time. Right. So, how this makes sense to me with NFTs well yeah so go ahead yeah nfts go ahead yeah um nfts are only possible and make any kind of sense whatsoever in a blockchain setting right yeah i mean the so just to kind of like reiterate the the nft doesn't the nft doesn't inherently have any kind of digital protection that it provides for um whatever whatever ethereal object you're declaring to be the to the that the nft represents like the nft could in theory incorporate the like let's say we wanted to uh sell one of the or create an nft uh one of our podcast episodes as an nft Mm -hmm. and so um we could in theory that the entire block like the entire block that that sort of or the piece of the blockchain that represents the NFT that represents our audio could in in theory incorporate all of that audio data. But even if it does, um, the owner of that blockchain is just the the user ID in the blockchain that is is has a transaction written to it saying that it was the owner of that that particular NFT. Mm-hmm. But the data that it represents is not protected in any way. Like right. any and, and in many ways it's like, well now if it's if the data is now included in the blockchain, then anyone who can process the blockchain, which inherently should be public anyway, because that's how they work, can now actually see that data specifically and listen to the audio audio and clear it's not it's not like magically encrypted in a way that it won't it's only accessible if you're the owner of it. Right. <laughs> so so buying ownership of an NFT like especially of like digital media is really only giving you the like in theory would give you some kind of intellectual property right if right. there were such a th- a method in place to enforce that. Right, which there isn't. <laughs> right. So it's not like so if you buy an NFT I don't like I I could I could so like if there's a photo like there's the kind of the classic one is that um the image hash mask um which was uh by Sum Seek Labs like a German company mm-hmm. uh was sold with an NFT on the Ethereum blockchain and there's like one of 16,000 or something that you can buy or whatever and um if you own one of those it doesn't like that means nothing as far as I right. can tell, like yes. everyone can see the image and I can have a copy of the image and have it on my hard drive. Mm-hmm. And from a local laws point of view, I might even be able to dispute, dispute your bullshit like blockchain thing and say, I'm the one who owns it. Right. It's time stamped on my hard drive and I printed a poster of it and mailed it to myself last week. When did you, you know, like, yeah, it, there aren't a lot of law. There's not a lot of like case law around blockchain. So it's not like there's, um, you know, 
uh, what's it called? Um, precedent for yeah. for trusting this or for people agreeing, like a for any kind of like social agreement that this works other than people seem to be throwing money into it for whatever reason which right. you know is upsetting in its own way just because of the vast disparity in wealth and issues but. yeah like the most famous one that everybody was like oh my god nfts are the next way to get rich off nothing is like this guy named there's a digital artist and this is where this actually makes sense to me yeah so yeah stay stay with me for one minute so you might have heard about it the guy's name is beeple He's a digital artist, so the he's an artist, and the format that he works in has always been digital. It's not oil paint, it's not carving wood, it's not architecture, it's this guy makes digital art, mm-hmm. and his art exists only in digital form, right? And I think with the advent of blockchain, a bunch of people who did vid- digital art were like, hey, wait a minute, there's finally a way for us to like signify ownership over digital art and pass that off with a record of a chain of title over that art. And the way to do that is through NFTs on the blockchain. So this is a way that digital artists can finally get some recognition, charge a certain amount and sell their art in a way that like legitimizes digital art but it doesn't make sense for anything else so like it it makes sense to me for the digital art because there's literally no i mean what does it even mean to have digital ownership over art yeah like anyone who can view it or anyone who can like screenshot it or like whatever like you can make endless copies of digital things with no deterioration in quality right and so like that doesn't really make sense to me. What does make sense is this artist creates a file, a digital file and says, this is my art. I made it. I'm going to mint it as an NFT. And Mm -hmm. I still, because I haven't tried to mint anything, which is my next move. Yeah. uh, I want to understand the process of what the fuck minting an NFT is and does for you. Right. Like, how do I select a thing as an NFT that I want to mint? And once it's minted, like what is the process that I actually have to go through to legitimize this, digital piece of information as a singular token uh, a finite digital entity right that is unique in all of the world which is what an nft says it's a non-fungible token right so it's a -a one-of-a-kind the non-fungible token designation means this is a -a one-of-a-kind thing and and then you can say look if you want to give me money for my art which is digital the only format you'll ever get it in is in a digital format and in fact if i'm going to sell it to you you can have copyrights like you can take it to a printer and print copies of this digital art if you want to it's yours it's like but it's now on the blockchain so everybody on the blockchain knows that you own it and they know it came from me and anytime you try and pass this off to somebody else i get a 10 percent cut of whatever you sell it for and that's in the nft it's part of the contract which is where this becomes sensible in terms of an intellectual property rights right because reselling right? of your art no longer leaves your like you get to continue to benefit profiting off of your art whereas like people can sell a painting for like some assholes like i'll buy that painting for five hundred dollars and because of who that asshole is in the art world they turn around and make a killing off that painting right because they scammed it off the original artist who they knew did whatever like you can buy people's art for however much they're willing to sell it and it's every artist's dream maybe in some sense to be able to pay be paid a legitimate amount of money for their work and be able to support themselves from their art Mm -hmm. so like people will take what they can get for their art and people in the art world know this and trade heavily on that and make exorbitant amounts of money that don't ever trickle back down to the original artist 
because once it's out of once the painting or the thing whatever the non-fungible art the value of art is in its one of a kindness mm -hmm. right and so once somebody takes that one of a kind piece of digital artwork if, if you're the digital artist and you want to give up your art to a buyer yeah. Whatever that means, that's fine. Like that's the agreement you make. Whatever that means to you, fine. If you're willing to accept money and quote unquote give away a copy of your digital art to somebody who now quote unquote owns it, <clears throat> whatever. You have every right to do with whatever your art is. And like just like a fucking Princess Diana beanie baby. Those things cost pennies to manufacture wherever they were made. Right. But some idiot on the internet is gonna pay five thousand dollars for it. Right? Same right. concept. Right. right. It's worth whatever people will pay for it. So in this regard, I think it makes a lot of sense for digital artists in that specific narrow, you know, band of operation that they can there is now a way that is not possible in <clears throat> the real world with art mm -hmm. to say this particular thing is a standalone thing and forever there will be as long as there's blockchain there will be a record of this thing existing as a thing and there will be a chain of title for who quote unquote owned this thing and anytime this thing changes hands it doesn't matter how much it costs when it changes hands i still get 10 percent of it forever right that's really appealing from an art world perspective I think that's really fucking cool. But outside of that example, I have yet to hear of anybody trying to use NFTs for something that makes any fucking sense whatsoever. Right? Because it falls apart immediately. Like like we were talking earlier, there was a guy who made digital artwork of a home in California that he wanted to sell. He listed the digital artwork as the NFT. And if you were silly enough to purchase this nft it came with the house and this was how he was trying to sell the house and he thought well i could sell the house for six hundred thousand dollars or i could sell this nft with the house attached and i can sell the nft for like 60 million but what he didn't understand is like what makes an nft worth 60 million dollars to somebody right and it's not having a stupid $600,000 house attached to it. Right. Like, right. And it's not saying that it's worth $60 million. Right. It's the person buying it has to be the one who determines its value. Right. And so this guy listed the house in the NFT for sale with digital artwork and nobody bought it. What? I mean, obviously, right? Like, Yeah, duh. nobody bid on it. Nobody yeah. bid at all. And all of these things are auctions, too. Like, yeah. that's the other thing. So, I mean, there can be private sales, but, like, it has to be... Whatever. Anyway, so I can see how this makes sense from like an intellectual property rights perspective when yeah. we're talking about ownership over one of a kind artwork that just happens to be digital in media. Right. Right. Um, and I think it's really cool that artists can maintain some control over their the sale of their art, which I think like I it's one of the classic struggles in the art world. Like once you make art, it doesn't belong to you anymore because yeah. if it's out in the world, anyone who sees it or experiences it can claim some ownership over it. Right. <clears throat> and so I think it's really cool that there's a possibility that somebody can, if, if art's good enough that somebody wants to buy it and benefit the artist by paying money for it, then that artist should have a right to benefit from that forever i yeah. think yeah. i mean or or at least i don't see a, a good argument in favor of it not being that way right like i think it's kind of a shame that an artist can make a really beautiful painting that somebody's willing to pay one and a half million dollars for and everybody knows it but the but the artist right yep 
And then that artist gets paid a pittance for what somebody then turns around and commoditizes and turns into a, like an asset and right. then trades on that asset. Like super unfair. And there's, oh my God, I, we could do an entire podcast about all of the fucked up shit in the art world and how unfair it is and like the yeah. weird political dynamics in art and all this stuff. So I think from that perspective too, it's like I'm all for an artist getting... A, a toehold or retaining some ownership over the art that they created in a way that at least mitigates some of the exploitation that they suffer as a result of creating their art. Um, and so that's really cool. But like, if you're not going to think about this stuff, in, like, what does it make sense to have intellectual property rights over? Yeah. Those things for which it makes sense to even have a concept of intellectual property rights, those things will probably maybe somehow translate ish into like NFTs in the digital world. Yeah. But things, I but mean, things that like for things that it doesn't make any sense or it's incoherent to talk about intellectual property rights, those things, a lot of people are trying to do stuff with those things in NFTs and it's not working because it doesn't make sense. Right. And I think a big part of that is because, well, like the problem is like the NFTs don't solve the real problem of of intellectual property rights. I mean, setting aside whether holding intellectual property rights is of value or of like if setting aside the moral and ethical issues of intellectual property rights, just assuming the current standing of like the drive to have intellectual property rights, NFTs don't solve any of those problems. There's no right. that, like there isn't a problem of authenticity or authentication or um, <clears throat> like there isn't a problem with no one sitting around being like, well, no one knows. No one really knows who invented this, this particular drug. Like, you know, no one knows who the Pfizer like came up with the Pfizer vaccine. So we can all just make it like, that's right. not the issue. The issue is of course, how do you enforce that? Like right. the issue is how do you prevent people from copying things in an age when, we're we're just on the cusp of no longer is digital reproduction possible but like very real physical reproduction is becoming more and more possible mm -hmm. because of the the ability for lots of like inanimate objects to pass through a digital plane and back into a physical plane like you know through the use of 3 3D, 3D printers or or basically sure. heightened manufacture right because 3D right. printers is a, a one small subset of all of that but um the ability to replicate and digitally store like physical objects and then reproduce them in at high accuracy means that you know the the real issue in intellectual property rights is the matter of like who who should have them why should they have them mm -hmm. and and then assuming all of that is resolved how do you enforce it right and nfts don't solve any of those issues no and in many ways like the, I think the one reason they're probably taking off in the art world is because the thing about art is it's always been reproducible. And the only value is the claim of authenticity. Right. And like, so, yeah, like being able to example. say. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say like being able to say, no, 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 I own the original. Like mm -hmm. I'm the one who paid the artist or I'm the one who like I have a record forever of. I'm the one who owns the original. It doesn't matter how many copies you have. And right. now all the of a non, sudden... The yeah. non-fungibleness. Right. The non-fungibleness of it. And so now you can have... And it's great because it means that digital artists, the art of digital artists can start to have some of the value of 
right. of like an oil painting or something right. like that because an oil painting is harder to like but think of the <clears throat> like forgeries have been this like this Huge. industry forever. Huge. Like the Yes, and yeah. this brings up like a philosophical question about art, which is to say that if I present you with like everybody's fucking favorite stupid painting the mona lisa right right yes like which uh, don't even get me started about how much i hate that painting i wasted hours of my life standing in line to see it because a bunch of people conned me into it and then Uh i was so disappointed i was like i'm never gonna get those hours back i could have been looking at the whole rest of the louvre this time right anyway so you get somebody if i present you with the mona lisa yeah and a painting that is identical and absolutely like indistinguishable from the mona lisa yeah but you don't know which is which, then how do you know where the value is? Right. Right. So my point is, like, the one-of-a-kindness is the thing that supposedly makes it valuable. And if you appreciate art for how it looks and not the fact that there's only one of it, that kind of, like, goes out the window. Like, the value thing goes out the window. Like, if you are just as satisfied with a print of a painting as you are with the painting itself hanging on your wall, then the the uh, the concept of its value, just because you see it as fungible, you see it as reproducible, you see it as like the value, whatever the value is in that object for you, it doesn't diminish with its reproducibility. Right. Right? But if the one-of-a-kind thing is like your whole deal, then figuring out how to validate that is really important. Yeah. And the fact that you can't validate it in the art world is how some people have made fortunes off of art that looks just as good as the original and fools everybody. Right. Um, so I think, like, it's interesting also that if if the value of an NFT is in its one-of-a-kindness and its one-of-a-kindness is provable through the records that are publicly knowable in the blockchain. Right. The only thing securing that value is the fact that a bunch of people are agreeing to plug in their computers and work on this blockchain thing together. And if that shuts down, then all of the value goes away. Right. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, there's nothing outside of those computers being turned on and working that secures that value. If those computers turn off, there is no value to speak of because there is no more thing. There is no more NFT. There is no more blockchain. Yeah. It's all just like in the cloud. Yeah, yeah, no, it's nuts, and it's, it's. Uh, I mean, it's like this even is less the, secure than the stock market. Yeah, like this is the problem with blockchain, right? Um, right. There's a lot of problems, actually. One of them. Um, so, for instance, one of the problems with NFTs, which is really the same problem with 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 blockchain, is that um, there's some pretty major environmental concerns um the thing about the thing about blockchain and nfts and since well since nfts run on top of blockchain blockchain is basically um blockchain essentially like it's all about proof of work and so it means that in like very real terms you can think of it as like every time there's a transaction record written to the blockchain there's a little stamp on there that says this proves that we burned this much energy to create this thing to Mm -hmm. create this stamp and so 
and and to do nothing else. It's not like that work was used to, uh, you know, say calculate some molecular structure or to advance, you know, some science or even just to do some really interesting mathematical, you know, functions that might lead to some discovery someday. Right. It's none of that. It literally no. is just totally um, pointless. Solving solving an arbitrary problem in order to burn through calculations um and then put a stamp on a thing. Right. I mean that's that's reductive in the sense that the there's a uniqueness that comes out of that, but it's literally just saying, "Hey, we just burned up some energy in order to guarantee that this thing is is valid." Um, right, because none of this shit exists outside of these computers functioning, and so all right. we're talking about in the end is the electrons consumed or put towards. Yeah, like, it's just running a processor long enough in order for the right bits to be shifted around in order for that that particular cryptographic uh, algorithm to be processed. Mm-hmm. And so once that's done, then you get another stamp in the blockchain. What was it? Uh, God, I just saw it the other day and now I can't remember what country it was. Like Slovenia, maybe? Like the amount of energy that's being burned in some sh- really short period of time over and over and over again to like operate the blockchain is like equivalent to a day's worth of energy consumed in a in an eastern country in eastern european country yeah it's nuts it's not it's like a lot Estonia, i think maybe that's not eastern europe that's no but I, I i mean i feel like that's probably a whole other podcast to kind of yeah I, that would be a fun podcast to do um to talk about do some research and then talk about um putting things like equivalencies and looking mm. at like ways to quantify things or to ways to qualitate qualitatively describe quantities that yeah. like, that might be more present in your life like i i was talking to somebody the other day and he was talking about getting a phrase uh, like a raise and it, you know he's like oh it wasn't that much but i was like dude it 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 was equivalent to about $2000 a month and i was like i mean he wasn't like he wasn't upset about it he was really excited about it but He's also like, you know, with bills and everything, like it goes really quick. And I'm like, yeah, it does. But you can put that in the idea like that's $2,000 a month is a a brand new MacBook Pro every every month. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, like something that's like for him that appealed, right? Because he was, you know, he's much more like consumer oriented. So he was just like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Like I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. Which for me, shit like that works more in reverse where I'm like. Yeah, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna like have my nut like increase to like two grand a month or something, that's the equivalent of throwing like a MacBook Pro off the balcony every month. Like, right. you know, or just just like not to stick with that analogy too much. But my point is like putting like so if we could take the idea of like, okay, how much does Bitcoin like every day Bitcoin is running in the cloud now? Like calculations are being made for the transactions in Bitcoin. What is that environmental footprint? Or what's that energetic footprint like? Yeah. And what is that energy doing other than other than assuring that that some arbitrary transaction just took place? I mean, there's a lot of shit on the internet like that anyway. Um, and as a developer, this is something that's always bothered me. Like I I really I hate how much there is this push to be like, oh fuck it, we'll just write lazier code to get it done faster so that because the machine will make up for it. Mm, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, but, you know, when you scale that up across a planet and now it's like, you know, everybody has some stake. Like everybody's life 
impacts what's being calculated in the cloud all the time now. Right. And so when you interact with software and other people interact with software and other shit's going on, it's like that, that shitty lazy ass code that could have been handled a little bit better. But instead of like, you know, using like four cycles of a CPU, it's now using like 23. It's fine for one person. It's fine for a hundred people, 2 million people every day, like five times a day or more like five times a minute. Like that's super wasteful. It's insane. It's super wasteful. Um, Especially when you think about how much, energy and wealth are tied and how poor people like how much there's like that disparity between you know the richest people and the people who control the most assets and the people who have like really access to almost nothing Mm -hmm. um yeah it's fucked up anyway yeah it's super fucked up it's uh we were talking with our neighbor the other day about (laughs) about um like cryptocurrencies and the blockchain and like how how to get bitcoin yeah um and they were they were unaware of like what the mining process looks like and how much energy it takes and oh yeah and how it's all basically about they said so this is kind of like playing a really advanced version of a video game where you like have to do a bunch of tasks and then eventually you get rewarded with coin and it's like yeah basically yeah and then it's that it's if you want to reduce it to that yes and that kind of reveals how fucking idiotic it is that it takes as much energy and we're on the point of like burning down our own planet for this and it's like it's worse because you don't even get to play the video game right no like there's not even one it's like the line ride yeah. I mean, the only argument one could maybe make would be like, you know, maybe space heaters now need to be converted to Bitcoin miners. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. like that kind of thing where it's like, hey, buy our space heater and also make some Bitcoin on the side and offset your energy usage. Like, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. But um, but nobody, you know, I anyway, nobody's doing that as far as I know. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean some some people who can afford a, you know, a PC and they live in cold climates might be doing that in this in a sense, you know. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, I don't pay for heating now cuz I just mine bitcoin." But um or, you know, you pay for heating by you don't have a heater per se, you just run you just a mine. you just run CPUs, yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah. Um Yeah, we were talking also about um like when the last bitcoin is mined. Because they're yeah. like the whole reason that it has value is that there's a limited number of them, right. and we've all agreed that the fact that there's a limited number of them and the fact that you have to do work on the internet to acquire them gives them value, and that value is whatever we say it is, and that's why it swings wildly from like it's worth something now it's not now it's worth a lot more now it's worth a lot less now it's right. not worth anything now it's worth a ton now um and so like we were talking about well. You have to do more and more and more work to get fewer and fewer and fewer to zero Bitcoin. Right. So eventually the value of it's going to crash. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, kind of. Like, I guess the problem is that um, there's a finite number of there's a finite number of like integer value Bitcoins, right? So like mm-hmm. one whole Bitcoin as like one integer value. But there's really no limit to the number of times you can divide a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, like there's a little bit of a limit um, just from the point of view of like computationally, it, it like it gets harder and harder to um, kind of, I, I don't know there, there's probably actually real limits on that, but yeah. um, 
but that was known from the beginning. Like that's right. not, that's not, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. So it's, here's, here's yeah. where I'm going with this. Yes. So when the last Bitcoin is mined. Yes. Who's going to make an NFT of that? Well, so that's the other thing is that the last, the last Bitcoin will be the one where no one else is bothering to keep mining. Right. And so knowing when the last Bitcoin is mined is a little bit nebulous because it's a, it's a like, you know, I I understand what you mean. It's like, it's it's never going to reach zero. Yeah. It's never going to reach zero. It's just going to reach the limit of it is zero, but it's never going to get there. Like it's always going to just be closer and closer to like you're diminishing returns to the point where eventually someone's like, I'm not going to bother. And then like every couple of years, some new supercomputer will come online and somebody's going to be like, I'm going to run this for a day and get one or more of those Bitcoins or something like who knows. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know the exact mathematics of it, but um, my it's understanding kind of like Zeno's paradox, the web. This, this reminds me of Zeno's paradox where like in order to cross the distance from one wall to the other in a room, you have to go half of that distance first. And then in order to cross half of the distance across the room, you have to go half of that distance first. Right. And it's an infinite yes, regress. Yes. Yeah. Well, according to, um, according to, uh, let me find the, there is actually a limit. It's not, it's not actually. So it's not an infinite regress or we're not no, going but to. It's, get closer and closer but never approach or never yeah but never except let me see um like that's a mathematical function yeah um supposedly the maximum amount there ever will be is 21 million um and i'm just trying to find the reference to that that's like more um i mean if the ones that are already mined and in the world are infinitely divisible then who who gives a shit about get, getting to the end of it? Right. Um, oh, now see, this is, they keep saying that there's this limit. So I'm looking at the, um, there's like a Bitcoin, like on the open source Bitcoin thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual, the actual note says, uh, there's no so there's an amount of 21 million bitcoins and any value any amount larger than that is considered invalid um okay but but the actual supply is less than that for various reasons um so basically in the code that that determines how bitcoin i guess in the canonical code for bitcoin which this Mm -hmm. is this would be a whole other thing to look into and i don't understand totally there's um, there's just a, a an arbitrary max amount, which is 21 million that somebody put in the code. Whoever created this. Yeah, like the function, which is shit. the idea that it's like, I think the idea was that any computational, like, we're not wrong. You can continue to compute Bitcoins beyond that. It's just that the current code base would not consider them valid if you found coins beyond the to- the first 21 million. Fuck. You could continue to find coins that are valid for the algorithm it's mm-hmm. just not a valid coin count based on <clears throat> some arbitrary value. Um, so what valid? What's the mechanism that validates the coin count? I wonder. Yeah, I'm, I mean, this is that like, would take some research on my part. Like, I there's yeah. Um, well, the point the coins are. So, 
yeah, like the let me find the um the article again. I bet there's probably a good summary of that. So kind of like question. maybe I haven't said it already and I'll go back to the NFT thing. Like yeah. the the digital artist who sold Beeple, who sold his NFT for sixty nine million dollars, the super famous one. Yeah. That to me not that that guy doesn't deserve getting paid $69 million for his art, right? Right. right. Like we said, art's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. Right. I, I have a feeling that, like, part of why there's been this, like, incredible boom recently is not so much that all of a sudden there's all this art or that NFTs are that, like, different. It's that there's this combination of a bunch of people who now have a vehicle to make money off of their art where they didn't have before. Right paired with a bunch of people operating in the same digital realm who suddenly have irrational amounts of money that they need to do something with. Right. And so it makes perfect sense. Like, whatever, pay a dollar, pay $69 million, quote unquote, like cryptocurrency dollars, whatever, uh-huh. assets whatever. for right. a million. What, is it, what does it mean? You're talking about not, not real money for a not real thing. So, like, what seems to be the most sticky point to me, and this hasn't really, I haven't been able to find much about this, and I've been looking, um, is what happens when I say, okay, well, I invested a couple dollars in Bitcoin 20 years ago, or whenever the fuck it was invented, or like, you know, like someone we know did, in the very early days of Bitcoin, spent very little money acquiring what would now be considered a hell of a lot of Bitcoin right? Um, because it was just so easy at first. And um, so that person, because they haven't like done anything with a lot of those Bitcoin now, hypothetically digitally has a lot of money. Yeah. Um, But what happens when you try to turn around and say, well, I have 69 million us dollars equivalent in crypto assets that i would like to turn into 69 million dollars and then buy a 69 million dollar house in real life right so you bank is going to underwrite that well so you right so you probably can't directly cash that out i mean okay so the nft like that's i'm trying to illustrate something like really broadside here right right so like the current state of it as i understand it would be that you essentially um there's exchanges right and you're yeah. you're at the whim of the exchange and right. so that moment that you receive that value of 69.5 million it's it's if it's in bitcoin then its value is tied to bitcoin which is like all over the place all the time mm-hmm. right um mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what the current Bitcoin value is. Let's see. So one Bitcoin is worth $57,000 currently. Um, mm-hmm. In the last five years, obviously, it shot up. There was that big spike in 2018. Yeah. And then right at the end of this year, it really peaked again, um, you know, and went up from like 10000 to 50000 right? Um, but yeah. it's it's still kind of volatile, although this is like, you know, 
nowhere near what it was originally when it was, you know, when it first kind of hit the market, there was that like initial peak around 2018 and it hit 15,000 and a bunch of people became millionaires. And then, and then it kind of dipped for a while. And now it's just like, so who knows what the ultimate value is? But anyway, my point is you get this money, you get these Bitcoins, right? And now in Mm -hmm. the ledger, there's this ledger that says, you know, user X has 65 point, you know, five, $65.9 million worth of Bitcoin that may go up or down almost instantaneously as the transaction is happening. That's one of your issues. The other issue is that now, so now you go to an exchange and you're like, okay, how do I exchange these? An exchange might be like, the exchange basically is probably the way they do their business is they get a little bit of a cut. So immediately you're not going to get all of that. They're going to get some percentage for each transaction Mm -hmm. as everybody does in the blockchain. Like, In order to process, and so let's say the exchange agrees to buy in real cash dollars from you $10,000 worth of Bitcoin. They're like, we'll mm-hmm. give you ten grand for this for, for the current value of Bitcoin, which means that you can leak off $10,000 right now for cash. So right. you, you exchange with them, and then they get a cut of that, and by the end, you've got $9,000 or something, right? Um, yeah. or, you know, or whatever it is. And so that's, that's the whole issue of the money. Like... That's the other thing that people don't really realize with blockchain. It's like they talk about it being like of the people and all this stuff. But it's you think banks stealing like banks taking fees and shit. Bitcoin is the same. Everybody regulated. Yeah, it's unregulated, which means that in order for you to get you have to like I think of it as like the same way like these like delivery companies are fucked up like DoorDash and shit, where Mm -hmm. in order for you to get your food, you have to tip beforehand. Right beforehand if you don't leave a tip beforehand you're never getting that order yeah the company that you ordered with and the money will be taken from you and you'll have to argue with them and all this shit's going to happen and it's going to be a nightmare but no one's going to want to pick up your order because the only way they can make ends meet is to get an extra five bucks on every pickup Mm -hmm. and they're only going to pick up the ones that are making five bucks like you know like why would i get out of my chair to go make 30 cents when it's the tip is like the bulk of my wage and this right. guy didn't tip. And I'm like, well, wouldn't I tip at the end? I don't know. I don't understand how this works. So anyway, Bitcoin's the same way. No one's going to process your transactions unless there's unless you agree to some cut for them. Because the only mm-hmm. reason I'm going to do any computational work with my energy that I'm paying for for my computer to do this is right. to get some something out of it. Right. And so it like it's a I mean, in many ways, it's like a it's it's like a hyper realistic capitalist model. Like that's the thing about Bitcoin that just makes me nuts. It's like it's just the equivalent of capitalism, like all represented in one nice mm-hmm. little package. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone who wants to enter, like anyone who wants to work with, like anyone who wants to be in the system, better already have some capital to be in the system in the first place. Anyone right. who wants to make transactions in the system, better have capital to pay for those transactions. Nobody wants to do anything without getting any like anything for them and everyone's trying to accumulate as much of it as they can and hold on to it like there's no incentive really to like you know to move it around so which is one of the reasons why the you know the price shoots so high is everybody's like i need a piece yeah so here's another like weird thing but you're fighting over expended resource you know what i mean right yeah like i'm fighting over the fact that someone else is going to burn a bunch of energy Right. Or I do, Super. or I'm, anyway, I don't know. It's just a, f- it's, it's bad. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. This is not, this is not good stuff. <laughs> no, no. This is like fascinating, but yes. yeah. not good. No, no, not really. good. Yeah. Um, uh, what 
was I going to say? I don't remember. I have it no doesn't idea. matter. Yeah. This shit's crazy. Well, how does this fit? Well, I guess we just talked a lot about art. So this is a we've been on point lately. Color and art. Yeah, this is like I said, this is fucking great for artists. Yeah. Yeah. Some some specific artists who work in some specific mediums. Yep. Yeah. Because and it really only serves the artist, right? Like this is the yeah. other thing. Yeah. Anybody can buy this stuff and pass it off and maybe if you acquire some art that's through an NFT over the internet and you're as the buyer able to turn around and sell that for a higher price later, yes, you're benefiting from it. Like at least financially, at least hypothetically. Right. But who this actually really really is good for is for the people making the art. And it's good for them in a way that isn't possible. Or right. enforceable in real world, real art, like and right. tangible, physical, existing art, because you can't actually control the sale of it or how much it's sold for down the line, and you can't control whether that money comes back to you. But in a public ledger like blockchain, you absolutely can. Right. Or, or the assumption is that you can because everyone's agreeing that's the whole point. Right. Like that's the social contract or whatever. Um. So I think it's like great for fucking artists, but for everything else, it's terrible. Right. And at the considering the econ- the environmental cost, like if it's gonna cause us to have insurmountable challenges with, um, you know, burning down the planet because we overconsume energy, right? Then ultimately, it's not gonna benefit those artists either because we're all gonna be dead. Right. Um. So, yeah, I think it's really cool and really fascinating in this one little pocket. But outside of that, I think it's just nuts. And it concerns me, like, it concerns me that people who, um, it concerns me that there is the propensity to make astronomical amounts of money with absolutely no understanding of the inner workings of the process. Right. Which I mean is like basically the stock market too because most people don't understand that but they trust other people to put their money in it and we've all been scammed into letting our employers run 401ks instead of fucking paying us. Oh God, I know. It's the worst. Uh, That's another whole topic. Don't... If you can invest your money outside of a 401k, you should do it unless you're getting a direct match from your fucking employer and even then you should have like an IRA on the side or something and I say this as someone who's like shit poor and I only have an IRA but I chose an IRA and not fucking 401k. Oh, no, I feel you. I mean, that's what I, I do. I try to, you know, you use the matching when you can because it can be a good deal. But right. Um, yeah. But so fuck. So, yeah. yeah, like I um, I really think this is fascinating for artists, but for yeah. everybody else, you can just take a fucking hike. <laughs> right. I mean, I think the biggest thing just comes down to um like we did that episode consider the context and i think it it's really been like one of the best sort of mm-hmm. ideas or it applies so much to everything like yeah you know when you're thinking about nfts like consider the context like what what problem are you trying to solve with an nft mhm um and then is that problem actually being solved and I don't, you know, I, I think the only problem that we've identified that might be true is the artist conundrum, right? Of, of authenticity. Right. Um, and we that's, should sell our, we should sell our book as an NFT. Yeah. Yeah. We should. Like well, that would actually make sense. It would make sense. We could do that. Um, yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to 
revisit that because I've got that all lined up. We just need to hit publish pretty much. So <laughs> We're just doing it at our own pace. At our own pace. That's right. <laughs> um, our problem is that we're totally satisfied with doing things 90% of the way. Right. <laughs> Which, to be honest, actually is a good attitude. I think we get a lot more done. We do because we do 100% of things 90% of the way. Right. Which means that we end up getting a lot of them done anyway. (laughs) Yes. Like a lot of shit. I mean, look at how many podcasts we've done now. Yeah, I know. Um, It's great. It's kind of insane. I think we're at, I don't know what this will be, but um, I don't know. We're, uh, what are we at? Uh, Let me look it up. We're at a really high, high number now over in the. We're pushing almost, we're getting near 200, I think, or not really? quite yet. I mean, we're going to get there. We're going to get there soon. Let's see. So we've got 121 episodes. Um, so yeah, we're not, I mean, we're halfway there. We're over we're halfway. We're a fifth of the way between yeah. 100 and 200. Yeah. Uh, um, we're at 121% of nothing. Yeah. So this will be like what episode, like 124, I think, when it gets released. Sweet. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. So my next project, and maybe yeah. we can do another podcast about this, is so because nobody could fucking explain any of this shit to me in a satisfactory way, and they still haven't. Yes. They still haven't. Like, I think the thinking that we've done on this is the clearest thinking through this that i've been able to read and beyond what i've been able to read anywhere because right. like the way people are explaining this in print and in conversation it does it does not add up um and nobody can really say for one way or the other what owning something anyway yeah um uh all right i want to mint an nft i just want to understand the process from the inside this is also why i dropped a hundred dollars into crypto assets the other day because nobody can everybody's gaga over it but nobody can explain to me how to do it and how to execute it well and like they keep making statements like oh this is going to replace currency and like you said oh the people's currency and stuff and we know that that isn't true so it's like if you don't understand that i don't think you actually understand anything about this because you're miscategorizing it and so in i i bought the bitcoin and i bought ethereum 50 bucks of each just for the hell of it just so I could see how these things work from the side of like quote right. unquote ownership. Um, and so now the next step is I want to try and mint an NFT and just understand what that process is like. And that may shed some light, uh, you know, cause nothing I've read so far is like, here's what happened when I minted an NFT. Right. Right. And I want to know what the, what is, what is encompassed by that process? What does that process even mean? Mm-hmm. I just want to know. So now we got to try and do that. Yeah, I'm on board with this. I think this is a great, great, fun project to do. So. And I think our book is an example of one that would work because we did it in digital format to begin with. Yeah. Yep. It only exists intact in digital format. Right, right. Well, we did. We printed some demo copies. I mean, there's, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, but I get your, I, I get your point. Yeah, no, like absolutely. It, is, it already has a toe in the pond of like the digital yes. world in yeah. ways that if we had just, when we started out doing it, we were like binding it with your sewing machine and stuff. Right, yes. Right? Yeah. Um, yep. So like it, we're already halfway there. Like we've got it in a format that I think we could mint it as an NFT if we tried Anyway, we should try. Yes. Oh, so I think um, I think we should talk a little bit before we hang. Do you have a few more minutes? What's your time? I have like three and a half more minutes. Okay, really quick. 
what the fuck is like what are some of the major problems with nfts one of the major problems um that we kind of touched on was uh what do you actually own when you buy that nft well oftentimes um that nft uh as we said the the actual content of the digital work isn't included in the blockchain what's included in the blockchain is oftentimes a link to the work yes and so the problem with that is that um the the work then suffers from the same problems that anything that is a digital work it can suffer from link rot basically which is to say that the artist puts it up on their website yep now the digital work is available there the person who buys the digital work is like great now i own that digital work but in the blockchain there's a link to that artist's website when that artist's website changes or goes mm-hmm. down or they run out of money because they got ripped off and the you know the person who's selling the nft like isn't you know honoring the like you know whatever it is like somehow the money's mm-hmm. not really coming in the artist is like fuck it whatever that link is gone and yep. now that that blockchain that that person paid all that money for is just moving around with this dead link that's useless or yep. or more entertainingly and funnily enough the domains purchased by some other person like me who is <laughs> right. like oh there's a free domain i'm going to buy that i'm interested in like 3 years later and then i put up like you know objectcolor.com and now that nft that you're selling is no longer even pointing to the original piece of art that it represented Right. And now you're, you know, selling, you know, now you're and going to. you just paid $69 million for a dead link. Yeah, for a dead link. And so, um, you know, and that's just, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg, right? Like it, yes. it, the point is the NFTs don't in any way inherently protect or provide any real um, representation of the artwork. That's the thing, right? right? Like, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. Maybe maybe if minting NFTs is like really easy, we should just mint an NFT for every episode. And if people want to buy them, fucking who cares? Hey, that's kind of an interesting idea. I bet we could automate it. We should look at that. Okay. I'm making no. I mean, that's certainly a way to like support the podcast. Because at the moment, um, if you're a longtime listener, you'll realize we do not do advertising. And I don't know that we have any plan to. Um, I don't know. Like no one's approached us about marketing i mean we that's not true we get those fucking garbage emails that people always want us to like um but anyway um that's how they get you they suck you in yeah they suck you in anyway we're we're important influencers so we need to get our shit together and get a (laughs) patreon and do all that shit um (laughs) yeah anyway if all right you've got yeah yeah. major problems with nfts what do you own content not included link rots happen nfts don't actually provide representation of what you paid for right there's no there's no uh enforcing body so whatever contract you have with the nft is literally just a transactional thing with an nft um yeah that is almost entirely divorced from the body of work unless the body of work is entirely included in the nft well that's what we'll learn about next. We'll go look and see what that takes. Right. And we'll find and out more about that. This is my closing thought on that. Yeah. They try they somebody bought an NFT of a Banksy piece of art and then yes. the Banksy art was destroyed, thus ensuring that the only existing copy, quote unquote, yes. or the only existing form of this original artwork is now that digital copy of what used to be the original existing real life artwork. Interesting. Interesting. <clears throat> the idea yeah. being that that's what drives up the value of the NFT because now the NFT is the only artwork. And they tried to sell a Basquiat painting as an NFT 
<clears throat> with the rights for the buyer to destroy the original and then like his estate or something sued and put the kibosh on it and so they had to delist it from the auction <laughs> that's fantastic yeah right. so that's another avenue like we we can talk about that later too like yes. you don't get to destroy the fucking painting but if you don't then what does it mean that you own an nft of it <laughs> right 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 uh okay well i really appreciated this one and i'm looking forward to uh <laughs> another round maybe this week we can get into it some more yes it's great i mean it's like i i just was being bombarded by all of these stories about nfts and i was like jesus fucking christ what is this even about and <laughs> right. no one can tell you so <laughs> right no one has any clue yeah right we've done good work here today we don't have colors of the day oh shit do you have time for that yes uh i have two minutes before my class starts <laughs> so i'll open it in another window okay uh yeah here do you do you want to pull it up or shall i i just pulled you do one. it all right do it. um do it, so buddy, do colors it. of the day and how do i send you the chat there it is yes. um all right so the colors of today of the day uh according to our research research department we've got yes. uh stemless blateria oh beautiful and this is the uh the hexadecimal value for this or the hex hexadigits i don't know whatever anyway yeah. um octothorpe Delta six seven alpha three four, so that's again Octothorpe Delta six seven alpha three four. If you type that into Google, you'll pull up this sort of, I don't know, would you call this like a burnt orange or like a burnt sienna or like maybe kind of it, a? It reminds me of like the color of the font that reads pumpkin spice latte on a menu. It's like orange, but like spicy yeah. orange. Yeah, spiced orange. Yeah, I could see <clears throat> that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then okay. it's a uh, complementary color is the uh, hippo hippognathos checker. That's how I would say it. Hippognathos checker. Uh, and that is the value for that is uh, Octothorpe 2985 Charlie Bravo. And that's like a, it's like a bluish. Um, yeah. Interestingly, it's, it's also sort of Robin's egg bluish and hippognathos in ornithology means having the under mandible longer than the upper as the black skin uh rhino rhinchops nigra applied to either the bird or its beak so it's oh, a robin's egg blue color and yeah. hypognathus is uh is an adjective that describes a bird that has a beak that sticks out like an underbite <laughs> fantastic yeah crazy <laughs> never fails to amaze so uh yeah if you want to what yeah. is blateria i have to Blateria. I, I don't know. It's stemless, though, this particular color. Um, right. Blateria. I'm going to Google Blateria. Why can't I get Oh, my God. They're cockroaches. Oh, my God. Oh. I mean, essentially. Um, it's a, a Blateria. Uh, well, so uh, there's insects yeah. of the order uh, Blatodea. Wow. And. Uh, I think there was a a similar term, but anyway, that's my understanding. Crazy. Um, yeah, but stemless so stemless cockroaches and uh, under and an underbite an ornithological underbite checker. Um, anyway, absolutely beautiful colors for today. Uh, really yes. on point, especially with this conversation. <laughs> um, I'm almost wondering if we should do colors of the day at the beginning so that our listeners yeah. can like put them on or find them and like you know That's digest them idea. and the concept of uh through the yeah so um but then they wouldn't have anything exciting to listen to for the end 
Oh, I know, right? Like, we're really I'm burying true. the lead with these colors. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure 90% of our listeners just fast forward to the end to get the colors of the day so they can get on with their life. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, anyway, in my in guys. my mind, like these, uh, whoever these people are. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. The 79 of you who listened yeah. yes. the other day. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. It's so it's so confusing the stats on because yeah. we get the my server doesn't very well record the stats that go through like if you listen through iTunes or Spotify then I only get your stats from their service because they cache the audio and hmm. so I don't have any way of knowing when somebody showed up right to listen to it whereas if you go directly through our feed then I my server basically counts how many times somebody listens to it. or it basically it doesn't really track people it just kind of counts how many times it a file was downloaded. Yeah. So we have some sense of like, oh, somebody was listening. Yeah. Um, anyway, super fantastic. Uh, super again, fantastic. we'd love to hear from you. Email us, uh, Dana at fcbam.io. And Dana, our fabulous executive assistant, will do all the magic. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Don't go spending insane amounts of money on NFTs until we talk to you again. Yes. Yeah. Well, I okay. mean, don't let me tell you how to live but you know consider consider the context anyway consider the context good advice okay all right all right thanks okay bye